0: The scripture reading for this morning is comes from the book of Mark, um, chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. And you can find those verses on page 34 of the New Testament in your pew Bible. Jesus went out again beside the sea The whole crowd gathered around him, and he taught them. As he was walking along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were also sitting with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the scribes of the Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting And people came and said to him, why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus said to them, the wedding guests cannot fast while the bridegroom is with them, can they? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and then they will fast on that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old cloak. Otherwise, the patch pulls away from it, the new from the old. And a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and the wine is lost. And so are the skins. But one puts new wine into fresh wineskins. May God add a blessing to the reading of this word.
1: So we uh, are in our uh, series on Mark, and I believe last week we taught on the parable of... Oh, the guy that was lowered in through the roof and it was healed, right? And before that, uh, Jesus was casting out all kinds of demons, um, and then there was John the Baptist, and yes, yeah, so lots of lots of things happening in in this story already. Um, and I'm constantly amazed at um, how Jesus always finds a new way to do things. He always finds a new and different way to do things that's outside of the norm. Um, This morning, I want to talk about tax collectors. I want to talk about sinners, disciples, and newness. Uh, This passage reminds me um, of why I'm so compelled to follow Jesus. Jesus always found a way to include those who were on the margins, didn't he? The people who thought they had no value. The people who had never been told that they were created in the image of God. The people who didn't even realize that there was more to who they were. And there was a God who believed that they were valuable and they had potential. Are you with me? That's so good. That is good news. Yes? Amen? Amen? So tax collectors... So some some have mistaken tax collectors uh, for people to, to, people think, when you say tax collectors, we think of someone who's like the IRS and collects income tax, Um, and those people did exist, but this is not what those people were, and as much as we don't like tax collectors and the IRS and its huge system, um, these people would have been more like toll booth collectors. So uh, an example is, so I'm reminded of when I travel to the East Coast, the the few times I've been over there, I've been to Florida and Georgia and Virginia, that's it. I haven't gone any farther north, but this summer. So I'm reminded when I go to the East Coast, and any time I travel there, I forget there's like this whole network of toll roads. Are you with me? And um, especially in places like Virginia. So, you know, you can't go more than like 15 miles without like seven toll roads. And, and every time I go somewhere with toll roads, I notoriously don't have any like physical cash on me. And I know some of you are nodding, but like for someone who's like borderline millennial, Gen Xer, like we don't really carry cash. Um, and so to not have cash or coins or anything in the car is like highly anxiety driving, <laughs> right? Cause you're like, okay, well, if I go through the booth without the cash, And I get the fine, that's a big deal, I'm in a rental car, and it's just like, you know, this whole fiasco I have to go through in my head, and so what do you do? You like, find the first exit, you get off, and you find that little mini market that's like, not really like a full-blown gas station, it's kind of like they've got the one ATM and the soda machine, and anyway, and the ATM's always like $8 to like get 20 bucks out, right? So you go and you get your, you get your, you know, you spend your $28 for your, your 20 bucks, um, and then you get back on the highway and then that darn toll collector takes like seven or eight bucks every time you go and you really only go like another five miles uh, I was reading about <laughs> toll, toll, toll booths because I forgot how many there were and like in Virginia there, there's some places where you can spend upwards of like $35 just to go ten miles literally, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's crazy um or it reminds me uh, when you like go into a uh, parking garage in San Francisco and you park your car and then you're like there for like 20 minutes and they're like 40 dollars and, like, <laughs> and you just feel like you're getting hosed every time. <laughs> it's like what the world like just create this is nuts. Like I was there for such a short amount of time and you took so much money, but you can't get out if you don't give them the money, right? <laughs> they're like, nope, that little arm is gonna stay down until you. And if you you know it's just anyway. So tax collectors in the first century, um, you know, they, they charged a lot of money to get from place to place. So they were typically at borders. They typically were employees of King Herod. Uh, so the king who ruled the Roman Empire. And many of the tax collectors were Jews and a lot of them would have likely got the job out of necessity. Um, it's not something people were like, I'm going to school to be a tax collector. You didn't like sign up for that. Um, it's because of what came with being a tax collector. Nobody really, really wanted to do it. It was kind of a bad way to make a living. Can everybody hear me okay? Okay. Uh, so nobody really wanted to deal with tax collectors because that label went with you everywhere you went. So you were known, not as like Jason, you were known as like the tax collector guy who happened to have the name Jason. <laughs> Um, so the early years, the earliest tax collectors collected fees when someone was traveling from one place to another, often on the borders of, of places. Um, they would charge a fee to pass through. Um, additionally, there were people to know, known to collect all kinds of taxes. So it wasn't just to like pass through. it was like they would tax you on things so you would be taxed on uh, your livestock or your fish or your agriculture, etc. They were known to be really dishonest. So if Kevin went fishing with his nets and then he caught 25 fish to go sell on the market, well, when he brought those fish out of the water and there was a tax collector there, the tax collector had the right to be able to say, well, Herod gets this much, and then he could overcharge anything he wanted to make a living. Because he didn't actually make his money from Herod. He He made his money from The the excess that he would charge. And so you never knew how much you were going to get charged. And so tax collectors got this really bad rap and no one really wanted to be around them. And, And as long as the tax collector paid his amount to Herod, he could keep the rest. So if Kevin brought his fish, all 20 of those fish, he might say, well, 15 of those fish are going, I'm keeping 15 and you get to keep five. So you get the picture. So... Jesus comes along, this first century Jewish rabbi, um, and he's, he's already stirring up a lot of controversy because that's what he does. And he sees Levi at this tax collector's booth, and he says, come follow me. Now, at this point in the story, I want to hear from you for a second. Do you think Levi was going to follow Jesus? Like, if I was Jesus and I said, I shouldn't say if I was Jesus, but if I was Jesus and I said, Kevin, come follow me, do you think Levi got up like, well, I'm kind of interested to see where this goes, or do you think he like got up and like left everything, like his whole life, which is the way that I've always been taught, to go follow, to go follow me? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Levi? Tell me what you think Levi did in terms of what when he said, "Come follow me." What was, what did that mean? How do you see that?
0: I think, I think Levi. If, if it were me, if I were Levi, I'd be sitting there saying, either I know something about this guy and I'm curious, okay. or I don't know who this person is, he's out of his mind, I'm not going to pay any attention to him. Okay.
1: Anybody else? The feeling I get when I read that passage is that there wasn't any thought process. It's almost as if. He was so unfamiliar with having somebody of that authority speak to him that way that it was almost like he did it without
0: even a conscious
1: yeah um, yeah just like wow right what did I just do. Right, right. Well, what emotions do you think? What emotions do you think came with this when, when Jesus did this? Joy.
0: Joy. Yeah, I, I just you know the, the next after he calls him, the next thing is he's having dinner in his house. And yes. So, and so my feeling was like it was just like this huge feeling of relief.
1: Huge feeling of relief. I yes. Leave all the, the dinner stuff behind. The dinner, right? Let's so talk about go have a party. Yes. Anybody else? <laughs> I, that's where I was going. No. Yeah, that's what's amazing. So this passage is about newness. It's about new perspectives. So Jesus saw something in Levi that Levi had never seen in himself. Levi's only known as the tax collector. I think Levi, for the first time, probably was seen for who he was and not the label that society had given him. Jesus does that, doesn't he? He believes in us. He sees us for who we are. He shows us who we are and whose we are. And this interaction between Levi and Jesus was one, I think that was full of new life because the text tells us that Jesus sat at dinner at Levi's house with many others who were like him. So tax collectors were on the margins and they often hung out with other tax collectors because no one else wanted to hang out with them. So that's what you did. Just Jesus and his disciples, does that mean all 12 disciples were there too? You know, I don't know. That's a good question, Richard. I don't know how many were there at that time, but that's a great question. So this tax collector, Jesus saw something different. So Jesus sees life and value in him. And Levi too says yes to Jesus, right? With this joy, this like, oh my gosh, like someone's doing this. Like I'm, yes, I'm, I'm in. And the fascinating part is that Levi invites him to his house. I'm so compelled by that because the invitation to someone's house is a sacred act. Are you with me? A meal is a sacred act. The other day, Bethany and I were invited over to, to uh, some friend's house. And we went over there for lunch. And we had our son with us. And it's this amazing, it's this wonderful experience. I'm not saying every meal is like this. But, <laughs> but when, someone, when you're, when you're ha- in a new relationship with someone and someone says, come to my house... You're in their space. You're in their almost holy environment for a little bit. You, their smells, you get to see their pictures on the wall of their family, um, their comfortable chairs. You get to hear, think about the stories that happened around their place. It's this really neat experience. I mean, that's how I feel at least. And I think Christ wants us to see that as well about this newness, about what actually happened. What was the encounter like when the two of them, when, when Jesus was over at that house, So eating, then, is a holy act. So in this story, Jesus isn't just eating with Levi. He's eating with all these tax collectors. He sees the value in Levi. And Levi continues to be compelled towards Jesus. So perhaps Levi never had a rabbi at his house, much less the Son of God. Perhaps Levi never had any other guests except a tax collector and a sinner. So this is my point. So Jesus does not tell Levi that he has to believe in him before he belongs. Jesus tells Levi he belongs way before he believes. Are you with me? We get these things ordered in the wrong order in church, don't we? Our denomination, right? We are more interested in people often. We all fall prey to this. It's not just denomination. We all fall prey to this. I can't not pointing fingers. We often are more interested in telling people what they need to believe before they belong. That is not good news. The good news of Christ is you belong, you are valuable. Kevin, come with me. Let's have a meal together. Or it's Kevin, come with me and then you say, let's have a meal together. And Kevin and I have grits. Yeah. <laughs> and it's good. And it's good. And it's good. And so Jesus uh, goes on, and there's this whole encounter with the Pharisees about asking why these these people who are following him aren't fasting. And Jesus, Jesus says, "You're missing the point. Let's not start with fasting. Like, let's start with meal. You know, fasting is this is about the law. And Jesus is kind of overturning this whole law thing, right?" And he's saying, no, no, you belong first before you believe. Don't worry about that. He reinterprets it all. Are you with me so far? Mm -hmm. It's good news. So tell me why you think this is good news. How is this good news for you? you? Don't have to meet some standard. Don't have to meet some standard. Yeah.
0: Start from where you
1: are. Start from where you are.
0: Everyone's equal.
1: Everyone's equal. You can, yeah, invite who you want.
0: All oh, we basically want is to, be, to
1: belong. Is to belong. That's like the basic human need is that we want to belong. Everything comes
0: from belonging.
1: Everything comes Except from belonging.
0: Knowing that you are accepted. Yeah. Without judgment.
1: Yeah. So good. So three things Jesus says right at the end there of this passage. He he says, um, when someone, um, sorry, uh, we, you don't fast when there's a wedding. What do you do at a wedding? You celebrate, okay? Those things don't go together. Old, old cloth on new cloth don't belong together. Old wine, or sorry, not old wine. Old wine can be good, but
0: <laughs>
1: it also can be bad. Um, um, old wine doesn't go into new wineskins. Right? Mm-hmm. Belong. He's showing these opposites. Okay? So when the bridegroom's with him, he's, he's talking about himself at that point, And he's talking about how, um, you know, when you're, when you're at a wedding, the thing you want to do is celebrate. You want to take advantage. You don't start with fasting. No, no. You, you do that later. No. The time now is to celebrate, to, to tell people they belong. Are you with me? Yes. It's about newness. The, uh, the new piece of cloth. The, the new wine vessel. This is all about newness, newness, newness. Jesus hammers the newness in over and over and over again. And the new thing that he wants us to see is that you belong before you believe. Are you with me? Church, may we be the kinds of people who follow closely to Jesus and invite people to belong before believing. Belief can always come later. Belonging is what God is all about. He wants us to see something different about who we are and whose we are. And he wants you to see something different about who you are and where your identity falls in Christ. How often do we fall into not even thinking we have no worth and no value? I do it. I'm questioning myself. I question myself all the time. Yes, or Friday, I had this moment where I was like, what am I doing? Like, just, you know what I'm saying? Like, those moments, like, what am I doing? You know, just those, like, and Christ comes back in, and I'm reading this passage, and it's like, no, you belong. You are included in this whole thing. Look at this church you're a part of. May we be those people. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to this podcast. For more information about ways that you can be involved with Catalyst, Please visit our website at provokechange.org. Until next time, continue loving God, loving our neighbors, and loving each other.